the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Haven. Today we are back in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, beginning in verse 20, as we work our way through chapter 4 and verse 15. Our series is called Arise, Move, and Go. Today we're overcoming the focus trap, and that is what Pastor Jesse has called today's program. We're taking a look at the trap of being focused on anything and everything but Christ, having the wrong fixation. Join us for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Here's Pastor Jesse. I think the way I want to deal with this one today, as we are dealing with our theme, Arise, Move, and What? Arise, Move, and Go. Whenever you have a theme, as we do for the whole year, it presupposes and infers that that theme is something that you can map on a bunch of texts of Scripture that will be relevant to teach us for the 52 weeks that constitutes a year. Does that make sense? We would hope that themes could do that. And I know this one can. When you hear the imperative, arise, move, and go, that's your Lord telling you that you have to be alert and be ready to be obedient because the present circumstances mandate you to have that flexibility. In other words, here is the inherent warning that I want you to get. If you don't become alert, and therefore ready to obey, you will be stuck in a situation that can harm you, if not kill you. That's the lesson we're going to get out of all of these narratives. Now, y'all know that's the truth. Now, you know, every time you got in trouble, God had told you, you need to be alert. You need to look at what's going on around you. And you paid too much attention to something else to really hear that voice and you were trapped. Does that make sense? That's the title of our message. Y'all see that? Arise, move, and go, overcoming the what? Focus trap. Now, some of us know what that means. I've been teaching us that for quite a while now. Focus traps are when your attention is locked in on something, and it's locked in on something so hard, so, so, so urgent that you lose peripheral vision. You don't have the capacity to see in the broader sense in terms of everything that's around you. And a lot of times your challenges and mine are not necessarily what's in front of us, but what's on the side of us and what's behind us and what's outside of our peripheral vision. Am I making some sense? And this is what you and I have to deal with. However, here's how the enemy loves to work. He loves to put some little shining thing in front of you so that your focus can be locked on it instead of on God. And the next thing you know, you're in trouble again. Well, we have a brother named Cain that we're going to be working through as our subject today. And I really do need to run up to him. For those of you who don't read your Bibles, we're dealing with a correlation between 
parents and children. That makes some sense. God said in Genesis chapter one, around verse 11 and so, let every seed bearing herb bring fruit after its own kind. Now that's axiomatic as a principle, which says anything that's having children, anything that's having children, those children are going to bear some of the similarities of their parents. Anything having children, animals, humans, mammals, etc. Am I making some sense? They are all individually, autonomously their own person or creature, but they still will bear the genealogical stamp and marks of their forebearers. That being the case, it is obvious that with you and me, when we come from our parents' womb, we are inheriting good things and bad things. And depending on the way God wants our attention to to be fixed as it is today, today we've got to deal with some very difficult realities. The person that we're going to be dealing with is Cain. He has a brother named and they're going to be in such a conflict that Cain is going to kill Abel. Now, this truth is letting us understand what God meant when he said, in the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. A lot of people were thinking that what God meant was instantaneous death right then and there. But that would be your presumption thinking, you know, the thoughts of God. What God meant was in the day that you decide to acquire wisdom on your own apart from Christ through experience rather than the testimony of a wiser person than you, you are going to go through a process that will amount to death for not only you, but your seed after you. And so death has a lot of processes to them, the first of which is separation from God. And then deterioration of your capacity to perceive and understand God and ultimately an alienation from God that ultimately leaves you in a state of being detached from life to where you sequence down into death. Does that make some sense? And that pattern will follow our children as well. This is what bemoans us. After we rejoice in having children, we go, "Uh uh-oh. Because in a moment, the principle that I've taught you for years, and it's called the recapitulation principle. This is a theological term, and it's something that God does in order to remind us we're not just going in circles, but we are repeating things. We're not going in circles. We're headed somewhere as children of God. We're headed somewhere as children of God. But we will find ourselves doing repeats as we go. Am I making some sense? And it's a remarkable thing to see it because you may have overcome a pattern of bad behavior 20 years ago. And then you look up about a few years later and go, there it is again. You're down the line, but you are going through a recapitulation process because there were things that you either forgot or did not learn from that previous encampment. And we're going to be dealing with the 42 encampments of Israel coming out of Egypt going into the promised land, which took us 40 years to do. And they journeyed in the wilderness and they did 42 encampments. They did not go in circles. I'm going to teach you that. But they did have to repeat several things as they made their way to the promised land. And I'm told by the psalmist, or rather the the preacher in Proverbs 6.23, the law is a light and the commandment is a lamp and reproof of instructions is the way God teaches us. The one of the things that we don't like as children is when mom and daddy tell you over and over and over again the same things. But the reality is we got to hear it. 
We got to hear it over and over. They have to hear it and we grown children have to hear it. Well, what I want to lay down for you now is four fundamental points around this man, Cain, and his challenges with the same thing that his mama had. You and I are going to find out here shortly that Cain and his mother had a lot in common. Cain and his mother is not that he didn't have some things in common with his father, but we don't see them in this text. We will see the commonality between him and his mother. I want to start off by point number one, Cain. This is what is called an interrogative uh, question. Cain, whenever you want somebody to respond, you bring an interrogative. What are you doing? And here's the solution or the imperative. You must arise, move, and go. Cain, you have to arise, move, and go. Cain, you're in a situation where you're about to be trapped. Cain, pay attention to what's going on. You see, because what happened to his mama Eve just a chapter before was an external temptation that trapped her and she fell. This time it's an internal temptation that's about to trap him and he's going to fall. Y'all keeping up with me? Cain, you got to rise up, boy. You got to become alert. Something is happening. I need you to see your environment because you are about to be trapped. And you and I know how this works in our own life. So move, arise, and go. Really should have been arise, move, and go. That is our theme. Listen to it again in Genesis chapter uh, 4, verse 5, as God laid it out. This is really important for you to see. We're over at verse 5 of our text. And it says, but unto Cain and to his offering, God did not have respect. And Cain was very, very what? Anybody know what, know what it means to be real angry? So angry, it's all over your face. Look at the last line. It says, and Cain was very angry and his countenance what? Fell. You know you angry when you can't hide it. Do you see it? You know you're angry when you can't hide it. Now, there are two emotions that emerge quickly when you are engaging in a focus trap. There are two emotions that emerge quickly when you're engaging in a focus trap, when you're losing your peripheral vision, when objectivity is diminishing. Two emotions, anger and fear. Anger and fear. You can mark this down. An animal, when he is in the mode of being a predator, locks in on his prey. And you'll notice that he will become angry. That is an adrenaline rush on his part. He's calling everything in him to get ready to go after that prey because he knows he probably only has one shot. Have you ever seen it? with lions and leopards and, and how to, they're angry because they need to, they need to get everything in them because they got one shot. Cain is in that position right now. He's in that position. Fear happens when you are the prey. And as the prey, you were dilly-dallying here and there, and you were kind of meandering about. And the next thing you sense, you ain't even got to see it. You just sense someone's looking at you. 
You've seen it before and you get paralyzed. Am I making some sense? And in that paralysis, you're trying to figure out what to do. But in most cases, it's too late because you let the enemy creep up on you and get so close that now he's in range of attack. Y'all getting it? And so in this particular case, we can exercise one side of it, and that would be anger on the part of Cain. Anger on the part of Cain, because Cain is dealing with an event that obviously has occurred several times. You don't know it, but in your text, what's presupposed is that Cain and Abel's family taught them how to worship. What's presupposed is that Adam and Eve are believers. And what's presupposed is that as believers, they understood what right worship was. As understanding that they are simply objects of mercy on the part of God, as you and I learned last week, that Adam and Eve fell and transgressed against God's law by eating of the tree and God pursued them, did he not? And by the way, you notice God is pursuing Cain. So this is how you build theology. We know that God is a pursuing God, is he not? Does God not come after us to let us know when we're in trouble? Even when we are in rebellion against him, does he not show up and knock on the door and say, hey, what you going to do? What you going to do? Because you're running like a fugitive. Isn't God good when he does that? In other words, as we'll see in point number two, it is the disposition of God in the revelation of Scripture to let mankind know as God has the right to judge, so God is compelled to show mercy before he judges. And Cain is in a situation very much now like his mom and daddy, is he not? He's in a bad way and God is the one that shows up. Will you notice as we continue to develop the foundation that Cain does not go after God? Just like his mom and daddy did not go after God. They ran from God and they hid, didn't they? And that was because they had fallen and now they were alienated by wicked works from God. And this is the sad part about it. The children that they had are acting just like them now. Now, God is focusing in on Cain because Cain, for us, these are lessons, keep up with me, is the firstborn. Cain's the firstborn, and the firstborn, like Adam being the firstborn, is the one that God goes to because he's responsible for the relationship with the only other person in his life apart from his parents, and that's his little brother. Now, this is what I meant by the recapitulation principle. You know it well. You know that in the Bible, God runs these twin conflicts of the siblings all through the Bible. So we're dealing with Cain and Abel as we would deal with um, with uh, Ishmael and Isaac and Jacob and Esau and national Israel and Jesus. The firstborn and the lastborn. Am I making some sense? And the paradigm is clear, isn't it? The firstborn is so uh, fit to be tied that he is going to kill the lastborn. Do you see the paradigm? Raise your hand if you do. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me to do thy will. So we won't deal with Abel today because God doesn't want us to. He wants us to understand the responsibility of the firstborn child. 
the firstborn of the human race. You and I in Adam. In Adam, all what? But he didn't have to. He had a God that came after him. This is what's so astounding to me in the text. Cain is having problems. Apparently, it's so bad he can't even hide it. You know how some folk can hide their anger? Cain couldn't even hide it. He couldn't hide the anger of what was going on in his soul in relationship to observing his brother. See, Cain was angry and Abel was joyous. Now, both of them are dealing with two different emotional dispositions because of a particular context. It's called worship. Now, what God wants you to understand is you can't worship God any way you want. And God's hurrying up and letting the human race know this. He's hurrying up and letting the human race know that you may think that every way of man is right, but that's only in your own eyes. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the end thereof are the ways of. And you and I may think we can bring any kind of offering to God we want to. But you would be wrong as all get up. And you and I might think we can fabricate worship and modify worship and change worship and make it more contemporary and and all this and all that. But you could be as wrong as all get up. And what you're about to see God do is stop false religion in its tracks. Now, this is deeper than just mere religious protocol like we're doing today, because God really cares. In other words, God's not going to honor you for just playing church. Some of y'all playing church. Let me just help you. And, And all of us have been there on any given day. The saints can rise up and play church. I'm about to show you that in a minute. But plain church, if it will, would assume that you can pull one over God's eyes. It would also assume that God doesn't have a qualitative standard by which he approves of or disapproves of your plain church. Now, there are many people who love to play church and then go around. I go to church every Sunday. Well, not really you don't. You go through a form of worship, but you deny the power thereof. Because God is to be worshiped in spirit and in truth, not emotions, spirit and propositional truth. What we call the revelation of God in scripture, men and women must worship God according to his word. Now, this is what Cain is coming to understand, because if you look carefully at verse one, the text tells us that when Eve rejoicing in having a son, remember what she says, I have gotten a man child from the Lord. Was she uh, uh, excited? She was excited and worthy of being excited because remember, she started this thing, didn't she? And God in his mercy came along. He condemned what she did, but he didn't condemn her. He covered her and her husband and sent them down the road. Listen, if God was really serious about her rebellion, she would have never had another child. But don't you know when we mean it for evil, God means it for good. Do you know that? And do you know that God knows how to take our brokenness and sinfulness and insert in that foolishness his own revelatory purposes? 
Now, sometimes you and I struggle with the pain of a broken, sinful world and a sinful life. We really do. And we should here because her firstborn child, the only other child in the world is a fool. He's an absolute fool. But she's excited because she understood that God had given her a reprieve of judgment. I told you back when we were in Genesis last week, Adam did not name her Eve until after God had restored them. It was Isha, the woman, the woman, the woman, just like he was Ish, the man, the man. But remember when God covered her in coats of skin and gave a judgment on the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, your seed and her seed. Adam said, okay, God has lined us back up. I am the head. She is the body. Now she can do what she's supposed to do. Help me proliferate and have children. Am I making some sense? Therefore, her name was called Eve or in the Hebrew, Hava, Hava, Hava. A lot of our Jewish sisters are called Ava because that's Eve. And it was because God called those two to actually fill the earth with children. And so Adam is feeling pretty good because that chaos they were in has been straightened out by God. That's 1 Corinthians 11, right? God, Christ, man, the woman. Now his house is in order and they can have children. And she's also walking by faith now because she says this child came from who? The Lord. And that's what all Christians do. I do. Me and my wife had eight, as you know, and uh, we were thankful that God had given all of them to us. Very thankful. And then guess what? That girl turned around again and had another child. Her and Adam was serious about Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And she says, I have gotten another man from the Lord. And she named him what? And again, I can spend the whole hour here unpacking the significance of their names. But the text will tell us in the verse that as those boys grew up and it came in process of time, here's what you also need to know. And I love the way God does this, but it's important for you to comprehend it. You know how hard it is for you to sit under sound propositional teaching for an hour? Raise your hand. You know how hard it is? Now, you can watch a foolish movie for five hours, but you know how hard it is to listen to God's word? Listen to me. The reason why it's hard to hear God's word for an hour is because God's word is filled with eternal truth. And eternal truth proceeds from a God who is from everlasting to everlasting. And in terms of our perception, now this is a perception thing because we've been squeezed down to 70 or 80 years. It is very hard for us to endure hours in a 24 hour cycle. If we understood 900 years, like Adam lived to be 930 years, and the oldest man, his name was what? Methuselah. And he only lived a little longer than Adam. And the average years was 800 years. When you're, listen, when you're doing 800 years, an hour is a second. I'm teaching you something that people don't pay attention to in the Bible. They argue with the Bible like everything that is now is as it was even then, and that's not true. Your perception in mind is always limited by our biological makeup. That means we're getting old and dying. And those of us who are older, tell it, boy, the days go by quick, don't they? We look up and go, whoa, where'd the time go? And children, they're sitting in the seat squirming. You're torturing me, daddy. 
I don't want to sit here for an hour way too long. All of this is perception. This does not correspond with the reality subjectively. We know this in in science. We're clear about how time stretches and moves and how time is a correlation between what is and our perception of it. I'll leave you with that because you read in your Bible in process of time. Now, what that means is God cares about how difficult it is for us to listen to him. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.